0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittum. This podcast is for the dedicated runners out there who are working hard on their running while they're trying to balance it with the rest of their lives. I hope you're doing well today. uh, Today we're going to be talking to, excuse me there, I'm getting a little tongue-tied. We're going to be talking to Maria Bettencourt. Maria is... Preparing for the California International Marathon, which is also the USATF 2017 Marathon Championships. Maria is a heck of a runner. She has a marathon PR of 2.52. She also ran 1.23 last month in the Ventura Half Marathon, which is 6.23 pace. Whew! Smoking! So we're going to talk to her about not only that race and her running background, which we always do here on the podcast, but what her preparations looking like for cim and what she's hoping to get out of that race so uh as always if you like what you hear please share or review on itunes uh or share and review on itunes i guess and also uh like our facebook fan page on that uh the rambling runner podcast and without further ado here is maria hello maria thank you for taking time out of your day to come on the rambling runner podcast
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this um, opportunity and uh, just to chat with you and how my training is going.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk to you. And as I just mentioned in the intro, uh, you're preparing for the California International Marathon. Uh, It seems like your training is going very well. In fact, you ran a 1.23 last month at the Ventura Half Marathon. So I I can't wait to get into that. Uh, But before we do, I, I was looking back at something you wrote uh, last month about how when you were in Eastern Washington University's graduate program for applied psychology, that is when you found your passion for running. So what exactly happened while you were getting your master's and you were working hard? How did running become a passion during that time for you?
1: Yeah, just to kind of give you a little, um, a little bit more background, um, I actually, when I was in high school, I, I mean, I was never really into, you know, gym class for the simple reason that we had to run. So, um, I, you know, I would go, but I, you know, I absolutely just hated it. So it's very interesting now that, you know, that I'm a runner. So my old, uh, high, high school PE teacher, actually, we still haven't, we have, we still have contact and she's a, um, cross country coach and a track coach. And she just, you know, kind of giggles when she looks at me because I, it's, She's like, what? You know, you like running and you're so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so going into grad school, I met a friend who uh, we became, she became my first running buddy and my friend Christina, she um, invited me to a run during one of our classes or one of our breaks and she said, hey, you know, I'm going to go for a run during our lunch break. Do you want to come with me? And I said, you know, I don't run more than one or two miles on the treadmill and that's just more to keep, you know, healthy and just to um you know, keep the weight off and stuff. And she said, oh, Okay, well, you know, let me know when you want to join. And so finally she kept asking and I said, Okay, fine, you know, I'll, I'll join. And she was, We won't go fast. We'll just, you know, we'll just have fun. So her and I went um between one of our breaks and I absolutely just actually liked. I loved it. I remember thinking like, Wow, this is not too bad. Like I can actually, you know, see myself doing this more often. Um her and I um would do that probably Three times a week, um, and so it was just nice to be able to talk to someone and you know take an hour out of my day. Um, when I was in grad school, uh, just to take care of myself and you know engage in self care, which you know we, they stressed that so much. My professors did um, in grad school, <laughs> so that was my self care um, during that time is running, and so she got me hooked on a five k. Which I don't remember what that my time was at the time, but it was a 5k and it was just like a it was a cancer awareness and it was just for fun. And she's like, Hey, let's do a half marathon. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't think I'm ready for that. She's like, No, you're fine. You're she's like, I've been running for years and you're a lot faster than I am. You'll 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 do fine. I'm like, Okay, let's do it. And so my first half marathon, I believe, was a 143. And I remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> so, um yeah, I've just it, you know it started from there, and um, the rest is history. I've you know done over thirty-five, I don't know half marathons, and uh, I'm on my eighth marathon. So CIM will be my eighth, and um, it's just you know it's very um, it's neat to see the how it's everything that running has brought to me. Um, I've met so many new people, and um, just the community is amazing. So.
0: So, how many years ago was your first half marathon?
1: Um you know what let me it was I actually write everything down. I'm such a type A and <laughs> I write down every race every time that was back in two thousand and ten. It was the spokane half marathon, and that was in Washington State, which is where I actually um grew up so mm-hmm. and it was a 1:42. <laughs> so had... that
0: so that that is uh quite a quite a time for someone who was fairly new to running any distances, as you put it, more than one or two miles. Um, so that first, you know, those first few runs with your running buddy, what do you think was the difference in terms of why you enjoyed it versus your experiences back as a teenager?
1: You know, I I think the big difference was I wasn't forced to do it, you know, it was more like, hey, like let's do it and let's if you like it, we'll continue to do it. And I think at the time I was so stressed out that I needed some kind of outlet and that's what running brought to me, you know. Just um, a sense of relief and feeling accomplished. Like, hey, you know, um, or needing to, whenever I needed a break, it's just like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. My apartment used to have a little rec center. And so anytime I felt like I needed a break from, you know, running or from school, I just, that was my escape. You know, I would just go to the treadmill for a, an hour and, um, and then come back to my, you know, my, my papers or studying, whatever it was. And so for me, it was just. So you really. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. So so you really dived in pretty hard once you kind of got your feet wet a little bit.
1: You know, I did. It was pretty it was kind of extreme actually in the beginning. I I remember thinking like I had no plan. No one ever told me like, "Hey, this is what you do when you run," you know, other than my friends saying, "Hey, like, you know, maybe we should go to this running store and get some shoes." I'm like, "Okay, so her and I went shopping and we went to the local running store and it was, you know, it was quite the experience. Cause I've never shopped for a pair of running shoes so that was pretty cool but other than that you know I never really had someone say you know make sure you stretch make sure make sure you roll make sure you do, you know you take care of yourself the recovery portion of it so no one ever said that to me so it was very interesting because I started running and I was you know I I felt like I was flying I'm like oh my gosh I'm getting so fast so in October I ran that half marathon um within I don't know a few months later I ran a 12k and ended up doing like a sub seven. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I'm getting faster and faster. And, and it was just, you know, it kept going. And then finally, I don't know, about a year into running, I was injured. And I wondered like, what happened? Like, you know, I don't know. I was running so fast and I had no signs of, Hey, something hurts. (laughs) So maybe you should stop or slow down. Um, So it was just kind of all of a sudden. And um, that was about a, a year of not really knowing what was wrong and, um at the time i was finishing up my program and graduating and you know taking state boards and moving across uh moving to um california um my husband's uh military so we moved here and i still had no answers and i'm like okay i have got to like figure out what's going on with me because i i'm in california now you can run your you know along and how am i not going to be able to run so um decided to go to the doctor you know went to pt and uh learned about what a foam roller was. I'd had no idea what a foam roller was until then.
0: (laughs) There you go. And do you think that part of it was just the, uh, the quick buildup? I know the kind of the rule of thumb for most runners and obviously it's, you know, each person's different is (laughs) kind of like the idea of you you increase 10% per week um at a max in terms of you know going step by step so do you think that might have played a part
1: you know for me i i would do maybe at the most it would, it would do six seven miles when i was training for a half marathon i think i did it the most was 12 miles so i don't feel like it was so many miles i think it was the pace every every run for me had to be like oh the only way that i'm gonna get faster is if i run faster every time you know faster 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 so i never um you know i, I still keep all my logs from when i back until then in 2010, my running logs. And I was looking at my logs and, like, what was I thinking? Like, no wonder I was injured. Like, I'm surprised that I even lasted a year without, you know, with that kind of pace because I was not doing any recovery. I wasn't doing any easy runs or even just taking care of my body in terms of, like, stretching, um, you know, massages and stuff like that. So um, definitely I was just an amateur, you know, <laughs> jumping in without having a clue. So, So for you, what were the –
0: um, what were the ways in which you kind of, uh, you know, learned more about the sport and learned out more about the preparation and the training, um, that have kind of influenced you over time?
1: You know, uh, it's been a combination of things. Um, so when I started doing PT, I obviously learned how to do like, you know, exercises, mobility, um, uh, you know, strength training. So doing more biking and, you know, taking easier days off. Um, while i when I moved here, I also didn't really know anyone. Um, I didn't even know that there was such thing as a running group until my husband's like, you know, maybe you should try to find some friends through running. And I was like, like how? Like how do I do that? You know? He was like, I'm sure there's running groups in California. And so I looked up my, our local running group and I started joining them and just you know feedback from people who had who had experience. For like you know, um, it really helped just um, build you know um, I think where I'm at right now. You know, it's not definitely it's not a one person thing. You know, I feel like I've a lot of people have contributed into. Uh, my running and, um, like, where I'm at in the sport, so.
0: So do you work with a coach, or how do you come up with different plans no. uh, over time? And
1: <laughs> I've kind of just, um, I've honestly, I've just, I followed um, my first marathon. Um, my goal was before I got injured was to run a marathon, and then I was injured, and it was kind of like a setback for about a year and a half. Um, and I thought, okay, I just want to run a marathon and finish, because that was my goal. I'm only going to run one, and that's it. I'm done for the (laughs) marathon. I mean, we all know that's kind of a lie, right? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I did my first marathon. It had no training plan. It was just more like following what other runners were doing in my running group. Um, There's a few people who were doing a marathon for the first time, and so I just kind of followed what they were doing. I would throw in, like, five miles, six miles, a long run, so no pace. I didn't even own a watch, to be honest, um, until um, a month before my marathon my actual race my husband's like okay well maybe you need a watch and so I he bought me a watch for Christmas and so um so I mean it wasn't really I mean I wanted to finish but it wasn't serious about time or anything it was just like I just want to survive the, the marathon and so I crossed the finish line and I remember thinking like wow like this is this is awesome like I'm you know like I actually wasn't too far from it. Boston qualifying time. Maybe I should try to qualify. And then April came around, and I had friends that were running the Boston Marathon, and I remember just catching the bug. And I'm thinking, I need to qualify. <laughs> I want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And so um, I remember uh, meeting a friend uh, through running, and she introduced me to Canson Method, which is a um, marathon training plan, and. I had no idea what I was doing. She was, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. She kind of took me under her wing. She, you know, taught me what speed workouts were because I had no idea what speed workouts were, tempos, uh, pace runs. But I said, you know, I started running and it was just all one pace and no easy runs. And so it was really nice to have something to go off of. Um, so I've been using uh, Hanson method for quite some time now since my second marathon, when I, Decided to get serious about running and try to qualify for Boston um, and eventually breaking, you know, the three hour marathon. Um, so I've been using a lot of Hansen's, uh theory, you know, a lot of the workouts, but I do, um, I just kind of modify do my own what works for me because I know usually a plan doesn't work for every, you know, runner. So you know, I take day, days off if I need to. I incorporate more runs or I go a little faster if I feel good on that day. But just definitely listening to my body. Um, with my experience of being injured for about a year that back in 2011, I just remember thinking like, oh, gosh, I can't go through that again. You know, not a year of not running. So I definitely um, try to listen to my body and, uh, and what it needs. And so.
0: So yes. for you, Given your background, at what point did you feel like you could start to trust your intuition? And I say that not only in the context of the obvious question, but given your background in applied psychology, I would love to hear, you know, not only, um, you know, just like the face value answer, but how it plays into some of your training. And, um, you know, they say anyone who's a doctor of any sort or, you know, that sort of thing, that sort of field, uh, their first patient is themselves.
1: You know, it's very um, interesting. It's funny that you say that. Um, I actually met a, a friend through Instagram. Her name's Tessa, and she's a, a social worker. And her and I had a conversation through one of her, her posts um, about um, thoughts and how negative thinking can lead to, you know, negative behavior or um, unwanted behavior, I guess you can say. And so I definitely think, you know, if you train your, your brain, to, you know, yourself to say, you know, I can do this, you know, i'm able to accomplish a sub three um and i you know you can definitely do it obviously with the proper training and everything else but um if you can't you know if your if your mind is so set to always be negative then that's going to be a huge roadblock for you um and i feel like for me that's been something where i've i'm not the fastest runner but where i where i do feel like i excel is my you know i I, I prep myself to tell myself, okay, you know, you can do this. And if, you know, if you come short, you know, there's other ch- opportunities. You know, it's, it's not the end of the world. You know, just keep finding the positive into every situation. Um, so definitely thinking thoughts and, you know, thinking positively about something is going to impact um, the outcome. And so <laughs> definitely uh, psychology plays into running more than you think, so. The mental
0: oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Anyone who's an experienced runner has definitely been there. Um, and I, I, there's a ton of questions I could ask you right now as a follow-up. And I think that um, one of them would be when you look back, you know, three or four years ago, and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, trying to have that positive outlook on not only your, your short-term goals, but your daily running, do you ever look back and say, wow, like, I was so naive and yet maybe by being naive, I was able to accomplish, you know, you know, really great things. Or when you look back at your career up to this point, how do you feel about your progression and just your way? Because it seems to me from afar, like a pretty remarkable rise.
1: You know, um, in terms of like looking back, you know, I think what just has helped is, you know, constantly learning. You know, it's learning. It's one of those things that you're always going to find you new uh, approaches and new things that work for different people and so um for me is just learning from other people who you know what has worked for them which is like one of the reasons why i love you know being part of the instagram and the running community on, on instagram and social media is because a lot of times you know we share things that normally i wouldn't think about or even read about until someone brings it up and so it's um it's a great way to connect with other runners and what's worked for them and Um, And I, like I said, honestly, you know, that's how I've kind of trained, you know, I don't have a coach, so most of my, my running and what I know has been through either readings or, you know, trial and error, you know, okay, that didn't work, you know, running fast every day is not going to work, it's going to lead to injury, so let's, let's find other options. So, um, so definitely just, you know, learning from other people and learning from those who have been in the sport longer and what's worked for them and trying it out. And if it doesn't work for you, then, you know, going back and figuring out what didn't work.
0: So going into your current training cycle, um, and I don't know exactly when you say, all right, now I'm starting for starting the training, uh, ramp up for CIM. Mm -hmm. But what did you go into this training cycle thinking, excuse me, um, you know, these are the goals or this is what I'm thinking about in terms of what I want to focus on, um, during this buildup,
1: you know, um, in terms of this goal for CIM, uh, my goal would definitely be to uh, try to break break a two hundred and fifty. Um, I know it sounds pretty ambitious, and every time I sometimes I get asked people saying like, you know, are you scared to say it out loud and say, hey, I'm gonna I'm training for a, t- a sub two hundred and fifty. What if it doesn't happen? And, you know, and I always tell them, you know, well, if I if I don't tell myself and if I don't you know kind of shout it to the world that I'm doing it, then you know, d- am I am I not confident that I can do it? And so I feel like, you know, I have to tell myself, like, you know, I'm I'm on this journey, you know, it might not get it the first time, but I'm on this journey to try to um, break sub-250. And so – and that was kind of, like, the same thing with, you know, breaking sub-3. It was, like, um, just saying it out loud, you know, I'm going to break, you know, I'm training for this sub-3. Um, for me, you know, it works where, you know, saying it and sharing it with people. So, you know – Finding some encouragement
0: also helps, too. Right. Now, so we're a couple weeks out from the marathon, which is on December 3rd. Uh, We're recording this on Monday, uh, November 13th. It probably won't come out for a few days. But up to this point, what have been some of the keys from a speed work or tempo perspective to try to make sure that you can lock in the ability to run, you know, basically 630 pace for the entire marathon?
1: You know, it's... (laughs) It's very intimidating, especially when you start the – you know, I took almost two months off from, like, any hard workouts after completing – after breaking sub-three in um, April. So I told myself, you know, I'm just going to run easy, and then I'll jump into CIM with my goal of uh, sub-250. And I never even imagined ever running a sub-250 or even a sub-three. I just, you know, wanted to qualify for Boston, and here I am now. So, um, you know, the – the goals and the dreams definitely get more ambitious as, you know, I run more. So, um, as I'm preparing for CIM in the last two weeks, you know, definitely taper. I'm, I can't wait for it. Usually I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm not ready for this, but <laughs> I, my body is tired. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My body is tired. It's ready just to, you know, do the work that I've been working so hard for the past, um, 16 to 18 weeks. Um, so in terms of speed and tempos, you know, I I've been feeling pretty confident with most of my speed workouts, uh, my tempos as well. Um occasionally, you know, I have aches and pains here. Um a few weeks ago I had a like an injury scare. I um I ran a downhill um course for a training run and you know, I started feeling this pain and I think I was thinking maybe it's just soreness and and it just kept getting worse and worse and so I was like, Okay, I need to stop and I need to go reach out to um Art, my chiropractor Dr. Horst and so he did some art therapy which you know was amazing and so he recommended not running for you know no running any fast piece for two weeks and you know as much as I didn't want to listen to him I did because he's like he knows what he's doing so I'm going to listen to him it's so close to CIM to kind of blow it off so I took two weeks off that must
0: have been hard for you to do
1: yeah my goodness
0: that must have been hard to walk away like that for, for a couple weeks
1: it was so hard I remember thinking like oh my gosh this whole training you know like 13 weeks or so of hard training is just is gone. You know, I was thinking like I'm not gonna be able to run. You know, I might be able to run, but not my goal that I you know that I want that I want to accomplish. And so, but luckily you know everything has worked out. And I'm definitely paying attention to it, continually going in for therapy, and so uh, just to be cautious of it. Um, but you know, tempos have been good, speed workouts have been good, my long runs I've been pretty happy with. Um, and just, you know, reminding myself through this whole training is one of the things that, um, is trusting your, your training, you know. Um, hold, you know, holding that vision of, okay, I, this is my vision is a 250. And I might not feel like I'm ready or, you know, like I can run a, two, a 330 or whatever it is or, but, you know, you got to stay on that path and, you know, and just do it, you know, and trust your training plan. Because um, I know it does, it does bring me, it has brought me um, good results, and so I just have to trust. And I, especially during this time, I think you know you start doubting yourself. You know, what could I have done differently? Could I have done more? Could I have done less? And so um, I just try not to let my mind go to those places, and just try to t- stay positive. And um, you know, just think of okay, I'm I've done the training, I've done the runs. My runs have been, I've met my pace on the runs that I've done. That I've done. So. Um, you know, you should be, you should be good. So hopefully the running gods are with us on (laughs) December 3rd.
0: There you go. And then, so last month you ran the Ventura Half Marathon. Uh, Like I said before, you ran 123, which is a 623 pace, uh, which is under your goal marathon pace. So if you could just walk us through what that week looked like for you, because I know you basically trained through the race and then, what your goals were for the race and how it ended up, um, you know, working out for you in terms of the actual, uh, executing of the race.
1: Yeah, of course. So I'll kind of walk you through my, like what my normal week looks like. Um, Uh, so Monday I started that Monday previously, I started with like an easy, usually it's an easy run, um, to kind of shake out the legs after a long, you know, run, pace run. And so the next day I did my, I continued on doing my speed work, which that week I had about, um, four times 1.5 mile repeats. And I remember thinking like I did the miles the next day, usually Wednesdays are my cross training day or my days off where I do yoga or, um, kettlebell workouts, whatever it is to help me, you know. Keep me healthy. Um, the next day, I, but in in that week, I said, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be racing, so I need to push all my runs to, to during the week." So I ended up doing ten miles at Wednesday, another ten on Thursday, which usually Thursdays are my tempo days. So I figured I went into this, sign um, up for this half marathon. It was kind of like last minute. It was like a week before, my friend and I decided, um, my training buddy and I decided, hey, you know what, this would be an awesome grace uh, tr- to kind of gauge where we're at in terms of our training let's do it you know and it was like a week before like trying to scramble to look for a hotel because everything was booked and um, luckily we were able to get in and signed up and you know we just, just trained throughout the you know the week and only took Saturday off and just to travel and um, ran on really tired heavy legs and I remember thinking to myself why am I doing this You know, why do I do this to myself? I don't think I've had, I've ran a half marathon in a long time where I wasn't training um, for a marathon. So it's always been on tired legs. So, you know, I always look at my marathon time and my half marathon time and they don't really, they don't balance each other out. So, and it's a lot of, I think a lot of it is because I, most of my long, my half marathons have been during marathon training. So usually my goal is just to hit marathon pace and so that day my my marathon pace was just at 629 so i told myself you know i will be happy if i do at least 9 miles at tempo pace and so once i hit 9 miles i thought okay how i kind of checked myself how am i doing you know am i how's my body feeling you know can i push you know to do 30, you know, 13 miles at marathon pace. Um, and I didn't want to push myself to the point where I'm going to injure myself or hurt myself, so, I, I, you know, I I might talk to myself, you know, if I start hurting or if anything happens, you know, I will slow down. I mean, a PR is would be nice, um, but if I don't leave without a PR, it would be fine because my, my goal is CIM. So, um, so I was ecstatic when I crossed the finish line and I had PR, and I was like, wow, like I – can't believe I did this during the marathon. Um, so I was pretty excited.
0: So were you able to negative split the last four miles?
1: You know, I actually looking back, I'm not quite sure. I, you know, I don't think I negative split the last, um, the last two miles because the last two miles of that course were kind of a slight incline. And so I remember just slowing down, um, quite a bit during that last part of it. Um, I don't think it was a negative split, but I definitely try to keep, you know, try, try to keep at that, especially since my Instagram uh, <laughs> name is negative split, positive I, so.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. I wasn't even thinking about that when you, when I, when I asked that question. Um, well, that, that's pretty interesting because you mentioned it right there about how, as you were running, you didn't want to push yourself too hard, So, you're kind of like threading the needle between running a challenging race and then not pushing yourself too hard, which can be tough, especially once you start hitting psychological or physical barriers. At least, and this is me speaking on my own, you know, this is how I work uh, psychologically, Mm -hmm. is that basically if I'm not all in, it's so easy for me to give in. So, for you, do you have that same sort of feeling or how do you thread that needle?
1: I mean, the training, I mean, when it comes to marathon training, the way I see it is, you know, you have the training, you have the tools, so here, you know, you run the, the paces, the runs that you need to, but at the end of the day, if you don't, if your mental game is not on track with your training, then, you know, physically, you're going to be exhausted at mile 20, mile 20, you know, 22, whatever it is, um, but if your mind is not strong enough to, to push you through the 26 miles, then, you know, there's, that. that's something that, you know, you know we need to work on, and so I know just, like, with me, it was like, okay, I have to train myself to, you know, push myself during those times where, you know, where I'm physically exhausted, and then the only thing that ha- I have left is like my heart and drive to, like, you know, finish, um, and put, you know, keep pushing. So, for Ventura, I remember just thinking, like, gosh, my legs are so tired, and I, it's easy to get discouraged and say, you know what, if if I can't hit pace today, then what, why, how am I going to hit, you know, this pace for another 13 miles, you know. But reminding myself, thinking, okay, well, you are on tired legs. By the time C.I.M. comes around, you're going to be on fresh legs, um, you know, after taper, and you'll be ready to conquer this marathon. So
0: that's great. I love the worst of The love the use of the word conquer. That, that, that is a great way of putting it. <laughs> um, and then recently, you run some very high level twenty milers. Uh, last week, uh, you ran another one under seven minute pace. So when you're setting out to do your 20 milers, how do you, what's the goal for the long run? Like, I mean, how do you decide what the pace should be? And then from a progression standpoint, do you, is it like a fast finish type scenario or how do you plan out the run uh, in terms of like, you know, what segment should be run at what pace?
1: You know, for me, what what I've ha- what I have found that works for me, and it's kind of the thing that I tend to lean towards more. Uh, my actually, my husband pointed it out when he tracks me on marathon days or half marathon times. Um, he will tell me, he's like, you know, I I've noticed that you start off conservative, um, and then all of a sudden, at the end, it's like all of, you know, you're negative splitting your runs. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's what I don't I like to finish strong. I don't want to finish, you know, like collapsing at the finish line. So um i always tell him like i like to keep a steady a steady um pace and so for my 20 milers um my goal was okay i i want to be under a sub 7 um, anywhere from like 35 to 40 minutes slower than marathon pace or seconds and so i figured okay a 6 i'd be happy with a 6 i don't know 650 in nothing faster than a 650 and in the sub seven. So that was my goal. And so for all of my runs there, I, you know, I just try to keep under that, um, uh, under those miles. And for the most part, they were pretty consistent, um, you know, splits. Um, so if you look at my most of my half marathon, like I said, half marathon times or, you know, splits, you, you can always see that I'm pretty consistent, you know, a couple seconds off, but they're, you know, just kind of keeping that same pace throughout, is kind of what I like how I like to do it.
0: Right, and then that that prevents uh, prevents. Excuse me. That provides a very interesting opportunity for CIM, where this year you know it's the it's the USA TF two thousand marathon championships. So you're going to have you know roughly fifty w- other women who are going to be you know running around two fifty or faster. So for you is does your race plan change when you see like that loaded of a field and how like the ability to potentially be dragged a little bit faster than you should be in the early miles?
1: You know, I, I, I did think about that. Um, cause initially I ran uh, Chicago last year in 2016. And I remember thinking starting at the beginning, cause that was my race that I wanted to sub three. Unfortunately I came short. Um, but I remember thinking like, wow, I think, you know, I can't believe how crowded it is up here, you know, um, that there are many, many uh, runners wanting to sub three. And so it was it was easy to, like, want to take off with the rest of the crowd, you know. And so for me, it's just always, you know, this is my race. This is what I've worked for. And so I'm going to keep with my training and what, what I was trained to do. So um, whatever my pace it is at the time, so. For this marathon, it'll be a six twenty nine, um, for a sub two fifty. So, you know, I will try to keep my uh, my pace consistent there um, until I get to the last ten k and see how I'm feeling and determine if I can, you know, push it a little harder. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so one one last question about the marathon, and then I want to do some quick rapid fire questions with you. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned how you're you're tired. You are eagerly awaiting taper yes. <laughs> and for you for you how long is the taper and how does it work is it like you know kind of a progression taper or how do you how are you going to segment it
1: yeah it's it's kind of like a progression uh progressive uh taper right now i like today around this an easy six miles after doing you know a long run this weekend um i'll do a couple um i'll do speed and tempo my tempos have well my tempo is a little shorter now at one point, I did like a 10-mile tempo, so I'll probably do like an 8-mile tempo, uh, easy runs on the weekends. Um, and then next week, the following, same thing, you know, in easy uh, easy runs and then a speed and a tempo. Um, and then the week of, I will definitely um, pull back a little bit more and just do maybe a total of like five like five miles Monday and Tuesday and take Wednesday um, off and then run an easy three on Thursday, and then I'm off for the rest of the the time until the marathon. So.
0: There you go. Well, we're looking forward to it. So, for you, you're out on a run. Is it m- headphones or no headphones?
1: Oh no, no music. I <laughs> learned my lesson. My second half marathon, when I was in Washington State, um, it was it was a half marathon where they had banned hair, um, earphones, and so they said, you know, anyone who's caught with earphones is going to be disqualified. And so I said, oh, wow, like what am I supposed to do? I've trained on the treadmill. I never used to run outside during that time. And so I would always listen to music and I was freaking out, thinking like, I, I can't run this half marathon if I don't have music. And so I remember wrapping my my iPod and my headphones around my my, my hand my, my wrist to my hand and turning up the music as loud as I could so I could hear some kind of beat. <laughs> just so I can survive. I have never half, heard anything
0: <laughs> like that before in my life.
1: Just so I can survive <laughs> a half marathon, and then after that, I told myself never again. Like I cannot, I will not run with the iPod in my hand, you know, doing this. And so, I remember just you know thinking like I can run without it. And so now I just I don't even think about it. I I don't run with any music unless I'm on the treadmill, which you know most of my runs are outdoors um, for the most part. Um, so I don't really run with music. I like to just be um in touch with like how I'm feeling. Um, you know, watching watching other runners, you know, looking around me and seeing what's around. So just enjoying myself.
0: Right. So what is the biggest challenge you've ever overcome in the middle of a race?
1: Oh shoot. Uh let's see, challenges. Um you know, this is probably like my biggest challenge, and I and I swear that I'm cursed <laughs> almost every marathon. So when I ran Boston, my watch wasn't working. My the GPS never picked up signal. Uh, I ran two marathons after that. Um, I ran mountains to beach, and I ran Revel Canyon in California, and both my GPS never picked up. So that's been like that's been like the biggest challenge for me, like. I'm very dependent on my watch Um so not having my watch tell me where I'm, how I'm doing was like the worst thing ever um, it happened to me last year at Chicago as well I had no idea what what I was doing because of the, the buildings and you know um, running in Chicago the satellite never picked up so that's been like my biggest challenge my biggest fear is like not knowing what how fast I'm going because you know, for the most part, I, I I know when I'm going too fast or I'm going too slow. So I looked at on my watch and figured, okay, I need to, you know, go a little faster. I need to slow down. Um, but it's nice to have that, you know. So that's been my biggest Is challenge. it still? <laughs> it,
0: is it still an issue? It seems like it's basically been a pretty consistent theme for all of your marathons.
1: You know, it was, it, it seemed like, you know, I first thought it was my watch and, you know, and it, I said, well, maybe I just need a new watch, and I got a new watch, and then, uh, you know, it happened, and it was just like, okay, this is not okay, like, what is going on, and so it just happens to be, because most of the runs that I have done are out in the mountains or, you know, in big cities, you know, in the middle of big cities, and so sometimes the satellite does not pick up, so. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping CIM is not the case, but if so, you know, I'm, my goal is to print off a, a pace band just to kind of look at the time and see where I'm at. So keeps me honest. <laughs> All right. So how has
0: nutrition affected your running? And I say that as someone who, uh, as you put it, that you grew up on a farm and you say farm, you mean fruit orchards, apples, apricots, yeah. cherries. And as someone who doesn't eat red meat,
1: you know, the, you know, I love vegetables and fruits and so I'm always stocking up on that. Um I, Love my carbs, pasta, That's how I carb load before a race, um, you know, cheese, you name it. So I don't really have a special, uh, specific, you know, diet. It's just more trying to – more vegetables. Obviously, no red meat, but do a lot of fish and uh, poultry. Um, so just try to, like – you know, I hate to – I feel like that's something that I do need to work on <laughs> when it comes to marathon training is – you know, getting, like, with the nutritionist and figuring out, you know, what's the best for my body during this time because I am, you know, pushing it. So um, just trying to take my vitamins, uh, calcium and pr- protein and um, just enough protein to get me through and recover faster. But, I mean, no special <laughs> diet or anything like that. It's just, you know, whatever my body needs, I give it to it. I give it whatever it needs. So.
0: Well, it sounds like you're pretty healthy, though.
1: I like to say, I would like to think that I am. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I try not to eat so much processed food or junk food or sweets. Um, So for the most part, I'd say, you know, I eat pretty healthy and a lot of vegetables and, um, you know, carbs and stuff. So, yeah. All right. One
0: last question before I, before I get into it, Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You mentioned before your Instagram handle, if anyone wants to follow you, is Negative Splits Positive Vibes. I'd recommend it. I like following you on Instagram. Uh, It's definitely (laughs) motivational and inspirational for me and in my running. And with that in mind, uh, who are, you know, the one, two or three people that motivate or inspire you?
1: You know, I have uh, a few Uh, people that are my my training partners, you know, throughout this um, CIM, you know, I, Alyssa, she's one of my really fast runners, Erin, she's, that girl's always there for me, you know, like, hey, I need to run at five o'clock in the morning, 4.30, she's there, you know, without saying no, Um, you know, I have another friend, Gabe, he's, he's the, he's the runner of the group where, you know, you tell him you need 20 miles to run 20 miles with you, you know, he won't, question your pace or anything he just runs with you so he's definitely has been a saver um during this time um also love following other people that I've met through running you know um I was following friends from who ran Chicago and New York um also inspiring so yeah you know it's I'm looking forward to CIM uh, a lot of people that I you know follow and have connected with through Instagram will be at CIM so be nice to see some faces and finally meet some people
0: that's for sure well thank you so much good luck with your taper and even more so good luck on december 3rd
1: thank you so much for your time and for having me um it was really fun um just chatting with you and kind of uh, sharing with others my experience and um my journey
0: well thank you i really appreciate it maria
1: thank you so much matt have a good day you too goodbye